Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film A Christmas Prince 3, The Royal Baby. You do not have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we talk about the plot and it'll be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hello. Deck the holes with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Hope you voted to kick out the Tories. Fa la 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 la. Fuck the Tories, fuck the Tories, fa la 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 Excellent. I don't know why I started singing that with a little bit of a swing on it, but I think it was You're nice. You're unleashing your buble. Yeah, of course. Tis the season for the buble. Tis the season for endless Michael Buble everywhere. But you know what? He seems like quite a nice guy, doesn't he? He does. It's beginning to feel a lot like buble. Yep. Everywhere we go. <laughs> Although, have you seen the cover of his Christmas album? No. It's just a picture of him, but he's like weirdly standing on his side, like sort of, and holding a present, like behind next to his bum and not really facing the camera, and it makes no sense. <laughs> That's impressive. It's a very odd picture. I, I, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. He seems like he'd be good in any situation, Michael Bublé. You go to a baseball game, he's cheering along with you, he knows about the players. You take him to even like a thrash metal concert, he's like, all right, I'm going to wear one of my many pairs of leather black trousers and I'm going to enjoy this for what it is. It's beginning to feel a lot like anthrax (laughs) at the bar tonight. (laughs) That's where you're going to go for Anvil. (laughs) Or Anvil, yeah. And I've, I've still not seen that film, Anvil, the story of Anvil, Anvil. <laughs> this is its official name. There's the, it's the Triple Anvil. Triple Anvil, yeah. The favoured move of um, ice skating heavy metal fans. <laughs> yep, for sure. So did you get out and vote today? Uh, no, I decided I wouldn't bother. It's, yeah, you know, what's the point? What's the point of voting? It doesn't change anything. <laughs> no, I yeah. voted. I voted on my way to work. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, today is election day as we record this, so you'll be hearing this tomorrow, the day after, when we'll know the result. So we're in this weird kind of limbo. This is a time capsule. Yes, yeah. You, we, you, we are on the cusp of disappointment yet again. <laughs> that, that's the British way. <laughs> that is always the British way. But there's, Always on the cusp of disappointment. Always waiting to open a Christmas present. And you're like, oh, I really hope it's an Xbox. I hope it's a Nintendo Switch. And of course, it's some socks. <laughs> I love some socks for Christmas Day. No, I'm, but, I'm actually not complaining. I need, it's the only time I ever get new socks. But you know that there, there's only one possible reaction to the inevitable conservative victory. Puking into a bin and then setting it on fire. Oh, I'll, I'll show you. Space. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to go to escape the uh the capitalist pig dogs it sounded like he said spanks that too get, get your spanks on <laughs> go, going into space that'll really annoy boris johnson <laughs> yeah he hasn't got time to go into space no 
Besides, well, maybe Trump had let him borrow some of his Space Force to take him out there. Fucking Space Force. Space Force, yeah, yeah, It's a bad 80s kids cartoon, isn't it? Space Force. One that only ever got one season. Yeah, poorly animated. And everyone's like, remember Space Force? And you're like, oh, God, yeah, Space Force. Used repeated shots from, like, Gundam Wing. And they, (laughs) they thought nobody would notice, but they did. They always noticed. Yeah. And it was on like you only watched it because it was there was literally nothing else on because there were only three channels and there was nothing else on that morning. Even even the kids' TV presenters are like, oh, "It's time for Space Force, everyone." No, it's we'll, time. Hopefully, we'll get something better in a few weeks' time. Yeah, we're really trying, guys. Really trying. Just, now, time for us to go get a cup of tea. Just grin and bear it. You'll yeah. get through Space Force. <laughs> It'll be Bucky O'Hare before you know it. Yay. So, oh. speaking of children, they, we watched a film about the birth of a child. We did. Apart from we it did. wasn't really about the birth of a child. It was another political plot. That we it uncovered. wasn't remotely about the birth of a child. It was, an, it was an unhinged reworking of several thousand years of global history. To to fudge a a, a heist who done it kind of plot, <laughs> and this is what I was hoping for from another Christmas Prince movie because the first one was basically what you expected. The first one was scene setting, yeah, really, and it, it, it had the whole fish out of water falling in love with a prince. Oh, it's happened through a lie that a mis- the central yeah. character has to sustain. Yes, and so it went. It it followed exactly the route you wanted, and then from there, it's just gone more and more off the rails with these nonsense stories that are slowly building up this universe around um around the the, the Christmas stories of Netflix, and I'm here for it. Yeah, exactly. It's not just Aldovia. There are other made-up countries involved. They were like, okay, Christmas Prince 2, this went down a sort of weird, like, Bitcoin heist techno problem. How can we top that? Let's make up some countries. It was Hallmark Channel Cyberpunk, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. fronted by a man in a turtleneck (laughs) whose character is called Simon. Yes. Um, but what what I did notice was that there is a reference to um, the princess switch here. Is there? Yeah. So Queen Ling says in the film. Queen that, Ming. Uh, Queen Ling. Is it? It was Ming. Was and it then Ming? The, the um, attaché was called Lin. Now, I'm convinced that no one actually knows what an attaché is. It's a paperclip, right? Yeah. She's the queen's personal paperclip. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but but she says that it's become fashionable for normal people to marry royals, as seen in Belgravia, which yeah. is the the country that the princess which is set. Ah, in. so yes, t- I forgot that because Belgravia is actually a real area of London, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. And it, but it, if you look when they showed all the countries on the map, and Aldovia was there, and Penglia was like right next to it. Belgravia was also on the map there. So that means they're they're not only in the same universe, but on the same continent. It's Vanessa this, Hudgens and the guy from Nashville—they're like not far away at all. It's this mystical, um, it's this mystical Central Europe where every nation speaks English, where every nation speaks Christmas-y. English, and the next nation over's people are Asian. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, it's uh, and they have to fly there, of course. But but it does mean that we're going to be getting. Surely, at some point, there's going to be this massive crossover between the Princess Switch and a Christmas Prince if they've now mm. established that they happen in the same universe. The Netflix Christmas universe. I think we are. How far away do you think we are from like Netflix Christmas Infinity War? I think 2021 is going to be the year of the insanely muddled story. Or, Where they try and put them all together. Or what might actually be amazing is if there was like five different films all showing it from a different perspective. Ah, uh, like I Rashomon. Would, yes, exactly. It would be incredible. That's uh, what Chris Mashaman. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm hoping for. 2021, I want this full-on crossover of all of their Christmas stories. Does that mean next year I get the film that I wanted this to be, which is a bunch of foreign dignitaries arrive, they're all getting along fine, and there's like a lot of diplomatic stuff at stake, and then Rudy, I'm from New York, I'm walking here more, shows up and starts offending everyone. And then it's a whole like comedy caper movie of him being offensive because he's from New York. Yeah, I think that could go down well. Or may- maybe it's a double bill of him saying stuff and then the baby, which will then actually be a one-year-old child, like vomiting on people. Oh, yeah, doing classic baby stuff. Classic baby stuff. Like not sleeping. Yeah. Um, I think that will be it. Because although it says here, <laughs> Christmas Prince, the royal baby, the baby does not really play a part in this film no if you if you were expecting this to be like the boss baby but royal you're gonna be disappointed or i can't even say it classic 90s comedy baby's day out do you remember baby's day out i don't think i've ever seen it a baby has a day out and hijinks ensue or honey i shrunk the kids no because they're all too they're all too um too old aren't they the main kids yeah there's one there's one baby but then the rest of them are there's teenagers and one's a little bit younger (laughs) baby's day out 1994 three bumbling crooks pose as photographers to kidnap the son of a millionaire but the baby turns out to be smarter than them Ah. i mean i've written by john hughes yes how have i not seen this this looks great (laughs) since you're a fan of uh, Home Alone 2 because somebody has to be I suppose I think you probably quite enjoy Baby's Day Out I can't believe you just said that <laughs> it's far superior we watched Home Alone 1 recently we're saving Home Alone 2 for Christmas Eve can... e- even if just for the song All Alone on Christmas that plays over the, the credits I don't know what that is and I don't care it's the song that's in it with the saxophone solo by Clarence Clemens he's dead I, ne- I have enough saxophones over Are you delighted that Clarence Clemens is dead? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I am not. But you're I a am, monster. I am... You, are, you are a monster. It's by Darlene Love and it was written by Steve Van Zandt and it's just it's it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. I don't care. Tim Curry. <laughs> we spent all this time talking about Tim Curry and you played us a clip of Tim Curry he's in this giving one of his best performances and you don't want to know it is hardly his best performance I wouldn't it even is. I wouldn't even put it in a top five Tim Curry performance come on he spends half his time sneering at Rob Schneider what's not to love <laughs> <laughs> the the best Tim Curry performances are you've got Clue, Clue of course obviously you've got Rocky Horror of course mm-hmm. uh, you've got Congo 
I think I've talked about Congo on this before. I haven't seen that. So Congo is based on a Michael Crichton book. It involves killer apes, talking apes, giant diamonds. Oh, yeah. And Tim Curry from some made-up country in Eastern Europe putting on an outrageous accent. Aldovia. <laughs> from, yeah, he's from Aldovia. <laughs> um it's amazing congo is incredible if you ever wanted to watch a a monkey uh with a stephen hawking voice box trying to communicate with other monkeys and failing um and then angrier monkeys being shot by a laser rifle whilst a volcano explodes it's, it's what i've asked for for christmas every year since i was 10 and i've never got it it's got everything you need in it yeah you can take your home alone too i'm gonna watch the much more Christmassy congo <laughs> well festive it's the most festive film ever as you can tell by the name congo hashtag congo is a christmas movie (laughs) we'll get it rolling come on guys i'm not gonna let this go do you genuinely like think it's bad i don't think it's bad i just think it takes all of the least interesting elements of the first film it it's the it's the equivalent of austin powers 2 where what makes the first austin powers funny is the offbeat humor and the kind of heart to it whereas the second one is just the sound bikes and quirks and stupid stuff and that's the same with home alone too for the, so the first home alone what works so well about it is that so much of the movie is spent not on the hijinks and a lot of it's about the, isn't that a website where you can buy stuff that isn't in shops not on the hijinks.com <laughs> you want a bit of bit of comedy violence that you can't find in your local high street violence store we got you covered <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah you know what i mean like the first movie there's so much heart to it and a lot of it is spent on him relishing his independence before realizing that actually he he does miss his family and uh and it has all of that great sort of isolation to it whereas home alone 2 is basically just hey you enjoyed seeing these people being tortured by a small psychopathic child here's some more of that only this time there's pigeon shit everywhere Except this time, when it gets towards the end and there's the big scene in the house, there's a lot of quite violent stuff going on. There's a scene, it's about half an hour of him, just Macaulay Culkin, just throwing bricks off a roof and of them hitting Daniel Stern in the face. Yeah, exactly. That seems like the kind of thing you like. No, mate, no, mate. It's, it's, um, it's classist, for one thing. Kevin McAllister, fucking upper-middle-class child, assaulting people who are down on their luck. Criminals, hardened criminals. It's sounding a bit like Boris Johnson here. Where's <laughs> yes. your Where's your feelings Hard of rehabilitation criminals. here? But well, they've escaped from prison. They They can have a chance to be rehabilitated when they've served their time for the original robberies they did. Ah, <sighs> no, mate, no, mate. They, they Look, have been, I'll give them a nice prison library. Okay, they have been put through so much by this evil child who tried to murder them, and now they he's tried throwing, to murder him, and now he's throwing bricks at them. You're on the side of the one percenters here, Paddy. <laughs> As always. <laughs> yep, that's how I roll. Um, but we we are, of course, missing one of the greatest movies of all time here, um, which is Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, classic. When we're talking about Tim Curry performances, um, he's amazing in that. And yep. it's a shame that... Muppet Treasure Island exists at the same time as Muppet Christmas Carol. Because, Although, because I love the Muppet Christmas Carol so much. Yeah, we watched it the other day. I, I, I really love both. And I feel like Muppet Christmas Carol just edges it for me. Just. Yeah. 
Whereas if it didn't exist, the Muppet Treasure Island would probably be the greatest adaptation of a novel ever. But instead, it's the second best behind Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Because so much of the dialogue in Muppet Christmas Carol is literally lifted straight from the book. Yeah, exactly. But that's also a testament to Charles Dickens' genius. Charles Dick off. That's what I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> I've never got along with much of his other work, if I'm honest. But I, The Christmas um, Carol is amazing. I I'm like. Really, I decided to do what my dad does and reread it every Christmas. I like. I like some of his stuff quite a lot. I think, in comparison to some of the other writers from the time, his his work has aged better than others. Oh yeah. Um. So, Great Expectations, I think, is still one of the best books ever written. I really. Uh, love I that. always found it boring. Oh, you can. You've not got enough <laughs> horrible rich children assaulting yeah, people. It's with not bricks. got enough violent brick action. You're there, and you're Look, just. Is thinking, Tim Curry in Great Expectations? No, he's not. <laughs> Ergo, boring. It's not set just, in New York. You just love it because it's got Donald Trump in it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, literally the worst cameo of, on film all, of all how time. Can you, how can you love a film that includes Donald Trump? It was hard. It's what we call tough love. <laughs> um, but Donald Trump does not appear in A Christmas Prince as much as I bet he wishes he could be. That's going to be... Well, the thing is that they've gone so far down the path of Aldovia being a sort of alternate history wonderland that if they decide to bring it into the present day and have him crossing paths with trump they're going to have a lot of explaining to do as to how aldovia managed to avoid you know several thousand years of european history i mean that's that is partly true um and also i don't know i think and also to have had a battle with the huns who were somehow in central europe (laughs) yes or penglia is it Penglia? Penglia, yeah. yeah. It rolls right off the tongue. The land of the penguins. Yeah, the land of the penguins. Um, which, yeah, I think it's interesting that there's these two. They, they, they I, I like that it isn't just another white European country. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Would have been that. boring. Um, but I do have questions just about. I do have questions about the geography of of the of. Uh, um, of of the Netflix Christmas universe. Yeah, it's, I have so many questions. <laughs> and and it's interesting how all of these different nations all picked up Christianity very early on in their in their histories. So mm-hmm. they, on Christmas, they, so on Christmas Day they had this truce um, that's been lasting for hundreds of years. So these this is a very Christian series of nations, perhaps longer than many European countries have been celebrating Christianity as its foremost religion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, questions, guys. We we have questions for you. Chief among them, why is Simon still there after his Bitcoin problems? But he helped save them in the last film. He did, he did. He's the guy, you think it's him, but it's not him. And they did that again in this film, because they were just like, why <laughs> <They> not? <did. laughs> He's there, it's easy enough. And I, I appreciated how this film completely did away with uh, the great method of uh, mystery storytelling where you need to leave these breadcrumb tra- breadcrumb trails that the audience does not does not identify yeah but then when the mystery's unveiled they go oh yeah the guy who done the bad thing was literally in two other scenes and had like two lines yeah and there was no indication given of any involvement by him they just kind of revealed it <laughs> at the end um, and she worked it out of course because she's a genius a genius who is a queen and still has a blog. She's the queen blogger. Yeah, the blogging queen. 
Um, which they should have let Meghan Markle keep her blog. Yeah, I can't Just, believe they didn't. Yeah, this is what you I used have to got. read it every you day. You would have Meghan Markle would have been the world's greatest detective by now. Hmm. Yeah. If you'd if you'd allowed her to keep her blog. Any murder, any any heist, anything at all. The Hatton Garden heist, she could have solved that. Yeah, exactly. She would have she would have been all over it. Yep. Instead, Sherlock Holmes, get out. Sherlock Bones. That's an actual film with a dog. Yes. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> I think I have. Me and Adam had a day where we watched nothing but dog films. I think Sherlock Bones was one that we watched. Yes, it was. (laughs) If you Google it, there are multiple films slash books called Sherlock Bones. But it's the one called Sherlock Bones Undercover Dog. I literally have no recollection of anything in it. How do you become an undercover dog? You put on a houndstooth flat cap and you put a pipe in the dog's mouth. That's it, pretty much. But how is he undercover? If anything, he's extremely conspicuous. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't agree that this is this is ridiculous. This is this has ruined my uh, my entire day learning about this dog that's supposedly undercover <laughs> but is in- incredibly obvious and it's the talking dog as well as if that wasn't enough to freak you out i mean it wouldn't freak me out it would just irritate me i'd have to do a kevin McAllister and start throwing things at throwing him. bricks yeah laying elaborate traps that burn them and thwack them yeah um have you ever seen the film you're next i don't believe i have no y- you're next is amazing it's this incredibly tense um horror movie um about this uh it's this family retreat and you know it's it's these kind of people who are awkward uh, an awkward family there's lots of tension there um when people start killing them um but it just so happens that one of the people in the family grew up as an australian survivalist and so about halfway through the movie sort of turns on a pivot and becomes an adult version of home alone where she's laying all of these traps around the house that these bumbling serial killers are falling into (laughs) it's this amazing film it's really cleverly done that's a great Um, concept yeah it's very very well done it's it's directed by um adam wingard who's a very good um director who uh unfortunately his most recent films haven't gone entirely to plan so he did the uh the english language version of death note um, oh dear and he did a blair witch sequel which didn't go down very well but his next movie is godzilla versus kong it is godzilla (laughs) fighting why not and i am super here for it sounds Um, great yep starring uh millie bobby brown cool um and alexander sarsgaard our, our handsome boy oh yeah um so yeah i'm totally down with godzilla fighting king kong um it's i love i love those kind of films so bring it are you also down with when a christmas romantic comedy film suddenly goes down the route of sorcery yes (laughs) which i mean just kind of vaguely mentioning it and implying that maybe there's some some magical stuff going on but not actually doing anything apart from having an owl fly in front of a car that then causes it to crash into them some snow yeah they mention a curse and then nothing curse related ever happens 
Yeah. Um, and she's very lucky that the doctor that there was that giant mound of snow and that her car was not damaged at all. Yeah, but she couldn't possibly drive it. No, no. He definitely had to ride out on a horse. Yes. To go and get her. Because <laughs> it offered him the opportunity to sit, do the best line of the film. And he looked at the camera and went, not tonight. <laughs> and I can't even remember what it was in reference to, but I made a note of it. It's, yeah, I, there is so much silly stuff in this movie. <laughs> it's the, great. The, um, the Christmas game they play where it's a little tree. The Coens of Dunshire. Is that what it was called? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what that's from? No, what's that? In, um, you haven't seen Parks and Recreation, have you? No, no, I haven't. It's genuinely really, really good and really worth investing your time in. But um, one of the characters, Ben, he makes up a, um, a role-playing game called The Cones of Dunshire, and it turns out to be this massive hit. Oh, I see. Okay, I will, I will definitely catch up on that. Yeah, in uh, um, The Christmas Prince, it's called Top of the Tree, and it actually genuinely looks like it could be a real game. That was the most authentic bit of made-up nonsense in the whole film. Yeah, I'd play that. And then you've got the whole, oh, but it's his ex-girlfriend and their friends, and I now believe that you're committing treason <laughs> yep. because these two things are correlated. Because it's Evil Simon being evil. Yeah, Evil Simon, who's never evil. Well, Not only is movie. he being evil, he's cheating on his girlfriend as well. What a dick. But, what a knob. But he's not really. But he's not really. He's actually fine. He's he, actually a good guy. He's actually plotting. He's getting a bad rep. Yeah, he's plotting how to propose, and he's plotting how to help them with various um, economic issues. Because yeah. instead, the real villain is some family who was annoyed several hundred years ago, and they're finally enacting their plot now. Yeah, through the butler. Through the, the butler did through it. Through the butler. Um, what was it they were annoyed about? I mean, I don't really care. But yeah, I, it probably I zoned out. Wasn't it that they were slighted by some marriage or bullshit like that? It was some kind of some kind of curse-worthy bollocks. Yeah, some some nonsense that old people used to care about. Was, oh, you did not like my Christmas pork loin. A curse <laughs> upon thee. One it sounds day more like something from the night before Christmas that would have happened in Norwich. Yeah, I do wonder whether there'll be a whether there'll be a crossover again between Norwich, ancient Norwich, and then the ancient. Aldivians. Is that the same universe? Ancient Norwich, fictional, very nice Ohio. Can that be the, the same universe? Well, I think that there's eventually going to be the Princess Switch three, where they're going to combine it with um, a night before Christmas. Right. And she's going to be one of the um one of the different clones. <laughs> so she's playing like four characters in yes, this Yes, she's playing four characters. So she's blatantly going to play three characters in the next one we see next year. Next time around it's going to be four characters and when that gets established we're then going to tie it in because we've now learned that Belgravia is part of that same universe. Yeah. That yeah, that's that's fine because it's like the next country over from Aldovia. Yeah. So eventually it is all going to coalesce and there's going to be, you're going to see Mr. Mr. Wet Milk Knight. I've forgotten his name. from <laughs> Mr. Wet Milk Knight. What's his, what's Sir his name? Sir Cole. So, Sir, 
Sir, Sir Cole of Norwich. Sir Cole of Norwich. Sir Coleman's mustard and of he's, Norwich. And he's going to be there in, in Aldavia and he's going to be like, ah, oh, there's such history here. I remember this battle on Christmas <laughs> that I did hear about from my father. The battle with the Huns. Yes, exactly. And, and Who then signed a treaty in a tent. And then he's going to unveil some secret, like, lost history about Aldovia that then becomes the next strange Da Vinci Code-esque oh. conspiracy that gets unveiled in Oh god, this is where it's going, isn't it? Yeah. There's gonna be books written by the next Dan Brown. <laughs> Not Dan Brown himself, he wouldn't do it. Bandrown. Bandrown. <laughs> he's he's too busy going, Oh, the church are a bit scary, aren't they? Oh Here's <laughs> a professor of a made up subject to look into it. Ooh. Watch out for albino people. They're evil by, <laughs> by their nature. There's nothing problematic about that at all. The famous man looked at the red cup. Speaking of bullshit stereotypes, a moment. Um, the new James Bond movie has a trailer. Oh, does it? it looks, I haven't seen it. It looks good. It looks exciting. There's women in it, for once. <laughs> There's women in well it. Well done. <laughs> But once again, the are they doing anything other than taking off their clothes? Yeah, so one of them's the new Double O agent. Okay. Um, but once again, the the series has fallen back on this guy's a villain and he's got facial disfigurements. No, because Rami Malek's character has scars on his face, and it's just like for fuck's sake, guys. Seriously, (laughs) like if you've learned anything from from history, often the most evil bastards are the ones who look really clean cut. And, and look like the kind of people that would be quite easy to be. Yeah, I mean, look at that with. Phantom of the Opera guy. His face was just, like, white all the way down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, like, you look at you look at um, Boris Johnson, for instance. He's, yep. he's a proper grade A villain. And he's he, genuinely evil. Yeah, so, I don't know. An I, evil tit, as I, Edwin Collins called him on Twitter. I think, like, Brett Easton Ellis is a fucking idiot but at least through books like american psycho they they showcase um the the sort of the horror behind the surface i suppose and it's something that quite a lot of intelligent writers are able to to portray is um you know that behind the surface of what looks like a perfectly normal person lies lies something much more vicious and much more nasty yeah um and so there's no bloody need to have someone with facial scar than for him to be the villain yeah i'm it's all right i'm sure it's really really important and integral to the plot yeah because you you've not seen skyfall have you no i'm not gonna watch a film called skyfall Um, but Skyfall actually is um, the way that it handles it is is quite well done because you don't initially feel as though Javier Bardem's character has any any sort of physical disfigurement. Um, but then when it is revealed, it actually does play an important plot point because he used to be an agent for um, for MI6, um, and then right. when he was caught, he ingested a um, suicide pill which didn't work, but instead destroyed some of his face. And so the whole thing is a metaphor for the fact that he tried to give his life for this agency that then cut him dry um, and pretended that he didn't exist. And and that's the reason for him going after them in the first place. Which is fine. So then which the works. hope is that they, they're going to do something similar with the old Rami. Yeah. Well, yeah. But my, 
I don't know. I don't think they're going to. The trailer doesn't give that away, I guess. Yeah. Um, but also, they've already done it before, so just do something different, guys. Yeah. Have him be, like, an Adonis. The yeah, guy who's just... so handsome, you want to hate him. Or, like, a really meek little weedy guy. Mm. Like, imagine a Michael Michael Gove as a bottle. Hmm. <laughs> No, I actually can't because he's genuinely like a mendacious, evil guy. I expect you to read my editorial in the Times, Mr. Bond. <laughs> oh, jeez. Not that. Anything but that. <laughs> <laughs> he's Okay, here's some columns by my extremely venomous and poisonous wife, Sarah Vine. No! <laughs> Can you imagine Christmas in that household? <laughs> Now, that's a place where I'd like to see our murderous child, Kevin McAllister, let loose. Exactly. You'd allow him to throw some bricks on Christmas Day in that house, wouldn't you? (laughs) Uh, Did you know that they... I think they're doing a reboot of Home Alone. What? Yeah, Disney. That's completely unnecessary. It'll have talking CGI dogs in it. Of course, why not? Sherlock Bones to solve all the mysteries. So who have we got in the Home Alone reboot? We've got some kid. Finn Wolfhard, surely. So it's some... some No, it's some other kid. Archie Yates? I don't know who this child what? is. I, do, I don't know this child. That sounds like someone who'd get invited around to the Goves on Christmas. But he's not playing Kevin McAllister, but a similar character. So they're not recasting it. Right. It's um, not the same universe. But then we've got Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper. Oh, okay. I'm listening. Both um, very funny people who I like a lot. Who are funny, but also this film is blatantly going to suck. Yeah, obviously. It's, yeah, it's just not going to be good, is it? No, although I feel like Rob Delaney wouldn't do it if it wasn't good. He he is someone I feel like has integrity. Did you watch Catastrophe? No, but I heard it was oh, incredible. It is really good. It's kind of brutal as a comedy goes. It's really, really... It goes to some dark places, and his his acting and the where where his character ends up is kind of really really tragic, but it's still hilarious. And it I've never known another show to do that to that level. It's really really well done. Have you ever watched the show Flowers? No, that's some Julian Barrett and Olivia yes. Coleman. Yeah, yeah, I've heard is, really good things about that. That is extremely funny, but also extremely dark. Um, I've just started rewatching it, and um, yeah, so I recommend that if you're if you're into things that push humor in an interesting and slightly horrible direction, then uh, then that's a good one. Cool, you got um, catastrophe, you got flowers. There you go. Yeah, you dark, dark and horrible and funny things. You got catastrophe. You got, you got, um, you got flowers. Home Alone. You got Home Alone. You got a Christmas Prince Three, The Royal Baby. You know, it's all out there for you. Yeah. You want some nice soft watching, but then you get sucked into the mystery about a a curse and the forever war between two nations unless they sign a treaty every year. And suddenly the queen and the princess are in the dungeon. Yeah, I enjoyed that we saw the dungeon. Yeah, that didn't look too bad really, did it? And they were able to get out of it quite easily, her picking the lock with a hairpin. Yeah, I hope we get to see more of the dungeon. Yeah, I, I genuinely wanted it to go down like a creepy sorcery route and for there to be some genuine like wizard magic and some a genuine curse that they have to solve and stuff, like Sleeping Beauty or whatever. Maybe next time 
or or maybe when when it's the crossover with uh night before christmas that's yeah they get magic. some some old crones involved yeah you you got to have at least 30 to 50 old crones <laughs> yeah and then he, yeah he's prince richard's tweeting like yeah, that's all well and good for you, but what what do I do about the thirty to fifty feral old crones in my backyard? <laughs> <laughs> um, did you appreciate that um, the princess is back, Princess Emily? Yeah, of course, the best character in the whole series. The best character in the whole series didn't really have a lot to do this time, though. No, I felt like she they could probably only get her for a day because like she's probably famous now. Not that I've seen her in anything, but she has a whole career ahead of her. So fair play. But she wasn't in very many scenes. And there was this thing where she like maybe had a bit of a love interest. And there was another boy she was like shyly winking at and waving to and stuff. And it never went anywhere. And I was like, give her her romantic spin-off movie. Yeah, because there's the little... There's the, there's the teenage boy that she kisses, isn't there? He pushes her around on the ice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's something there, isn't there? Pushes her around on the ice on a chair next to an extremely pregnant woman on a chair on the ice. No. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely safe and allowed and a thing that happens. I mean, more than anything else, if I was there ice skating, I'd be very annoyed because that's going to cut up the ice something fierce. Yeah, yeah. The the ice guy is like, oh, come on, guys. I asked the government for a Zamboni and they said no. It's just going to be me out here with a broom tonight. <laughs> Can I just say that Zamboni is a wonderful word? It's one of the greatest words in the English language. I think that's the right word. Either that or I've just evoked some kind of sausage. <laughs> no, oh, no that is the, that's the, the right word. They're, yeah. they're the little ice things, aren't they? An ice resurfacer is a vehicle or hand push device used to clean and smooth the surface of a sheet of ice, usually in a rink. Oh, it's developed by Frank Zamboni. Okay. Hence the name Zamboni. So it's a bit like a hoover. Yeah, ice hoover. Yeah, and the ice suit. It's a big old but, ice But in that, in the, you know, hoover's named after the creator, Zamboni. Yeah, is. yeah named after the creator as well because who's who the fuck says vacuum cleaner i'll tell i'll tell you who michael gove <laughs> i bet he does he's just like oh get the vacuum cleaner out don't use the word tannoy what you mean is a pa system <laughs> i'm a stickler for for i'm a, pedant. I'm a stickler for fucking bullshit i'm a pedant apart from when it comes to talking about truths in politics yeah I'm a pedant apart from when it comes to the fact that my government's policies have literally killed hundreds of thousands of people. Also, I can't drink water or clap. <laughs> yeah, or walk down the street without falling over. Or not be a massive prick. <laughs> That's all of the Gove gifts out there. You can look them up. <laughs> also, he looks like Elf on a Shelf. I'm he sorry, does. he does. Oh, man. See, just when I was coming around to the idea of the elf of a shelf, you elf, elf of a shelf, <laughs> you absolute elf of a shelf. <laughs> He's a elf of a shelf, and that sounds like Cockney rhyming slang. But um, that, just when I was coming around to the idea of the elf on the shelf, now you hit me with that. I'm never going to be able to think of it because when should... Eric's old enough to, you know, be excited about Christmas and presents and we want him to be good and stuff, I think it might actually be fun. Even though I think the elf itself is creepy, I like the concept. Nah, mate. Stick true. Stick true to the UK. We don't have elves here. (laughs) They're only in America. The only thing we have is the National (laughs) Elf Service. Uh, See what you did there? We do not have these these spying elves to try and get our children to act well. Yeah, yeah. They're they're paid enough in the private sector in the US. 
They, ban- <laughs> they bankrupt people. Yeah, exactly. You've got to give them all your money if you get sick. Big, big alpha. You've got cancer, and the, the doctor walks out the room, an elf comes in and is like, all right, cough up. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. I don't know why he's got the voice of Ray that's, Winston that's in America. I, that's why I was so happy to see Dobby die in Harry Potter. Because <laughs> he just knows That was your that favourite scene. He's just going around, just fucking stealing from bankrupted people. Like a bastard. Yep. Yeah. And he didn't even buy any new clothes to show for it. No, he just hoarded wealth. Like all, all wealthy people, they don't actually contribute anything back. They just hoard their wealth. Yeah, and then pretend they're poor. Yeah. So yeah, fuck ourselves. Yes, yeah, all me- elves that's are the bad. Message. That's the message of this. Apart from Lord of the Rings elves. Well, some of them are bad as well because some of them are little fantasy racists. But yeah, yeah. But some of them are good. No, I'm gonna. We're gonna get the elf on the shelf. But if you come around, maybe you can just like hide it or steal it or something. Well, it's either that or I just I get the mensch on the bench and I pretend to him that we're Jewish until he works out that we're not. I think you should definitely go for that. Is there some kind of heavy metal alternative to Elf on the Shelf? Maybe. Isn't that just Lars Ulrich? I mean, he's small <laughs> enough to sit on a shelf, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Imp with a limp. <laughs> That's really bad. I'm trying to think of like black metal bands that have like fantasy elements to them. Mortius, you'd have him come round your house and pretend to deny you Christmas gifts, <laughs> like Krampus. Yeah, exactly. Where's the line between an elf on a shelf and a Krampus? Well, what, what, we we need something that's in the perfect nexus between those two things. Maybe one of those little. Um, what about reindeer in here, which is a more positive Christmas tradition. reindeer in here. A stress-free alternative to Elf on the Shelf. Wait, is this is this real? This is a real thing. Oh, I thought you just made that up. Reindeer no. in here. No, the hit Christmas tradition. Oh, he's a cutie. Oh, it's a cute little cuddly reindeer. A Christmas friend sent by Santa to get to know each child. Celebrating being different as normal. Cuddle it. Oh, this actually looks really sweet. Because I'm not going to lie, Elf on the Shelf is a little bit of a fascist. Yeah, definitely. He's like, he's, he's like, you, he he's like Paw Patrol. You can't touch me. I'm going to move during the night. I'm going to keep an eye on you all the time. He's I'm going to steal your things. He's a surveillance state. Yeah, yeah. He's proper fash. Yeah, he's the Snoopers charter. So yeah, in toy rain, form. Reindeer in here. Reindeer in here. It's great. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. North Pole ninjas apparently. No, no. <laughs> hide and hug Olaf. He's got Eric's got an Olaf. It Does doesn't he? hide and it doesn't hug though. Well, there we go. <laughs> I think you know what to do. Um, Speaking yeah. of which, we went to see Frozen Two, Baby Cinema this morning. Did you enjoy it? It was great. Yeah. Have you seen it, or are you going to? No, probably not. Now you probably won't get around um, to it. It hasn't been on at our local. For some reason, they've decided that Frozen's not worthwhile. Um, so it's too mainstream. Yeah. Um, but we did get to watch the Chris Morris movie. Yeah, um, and the Q&A. And How was that? It was very interesting, actually. Um, the film itself is... If you enjoyed Four Lions, you're going to enjoy it. Cool. Um, it's the same kind of just on the line, not quite crossing it humour. 
Um, but then again, it packs a real emotional punch um, and it's got a very important point to make. And it was really interesting hearing him talk about it. So it's it's about um, FBI sting operations that go after suspected terrorists and yeah. how they... Um, and basically making people commit terrorist acts. Yes, yeah. So they come in, they say, here's, here's £20,000, uh, here's $20,000, do you want to buy some guns off us? Oh, if you don't buy some guns off us, you're not a real man, etc. And they kind of pressure people down this route into radicalization more than they were before. Um, and it's 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 a fictionalized tale of one of those stories, um, and it's in, incredibly well done. Um, and it was really interesting hearing him talk about how he, you know, he interviewed current FBI staffers, former FBI staffers, the families, and those who be who were incarcerated under these sting operations. Um, and yeah, it's it's very very good. Um, but how how was Frozen Two? Did that also it was good. FBI sting operations at all? Yes, it did. That's the whole premise. Basically, there's an undercover agent from um, Weasel Town who comes over to Arendelle to try and um, fuck shit up. Oh wow! Yeah, it gets dark. A lot of jokes in there for the mums and dads. <laughs> no, it's actually very good. I think I enjoyed it more than the first one, even. The songs are really, really good. I mean, it couldn't exist without the first one, but it, it's a sequ- the kind of sequel you want because it builds upon it. But it's almost more like a fantasy epic that t- that contorts itself to become a kid's movie than the other way around. It's the the places that it goes and the journeys that the characters go on. Yeah, really, really good. And the themes are good. There's this whole like post-colonial overtone that's quite interesting. Yeah, it's 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 good. No, yeah, amazing. Obviously, it's a phenomenon, and obviously, it's everywhere. It's this year's, you know. Um, pick oranges with pictures of BB-8 on it. I'm not don't know about you. I'm not seeing Star Wars anywhere. Frozen Two is on bloody everything. Every shop you walk into, every advert, it's got Frozen Two stuff on it. Yeah, it's true. I, there's not as much Star Wars stuff around, and I guess the movie comes out very, very late in December, doesn't it? Nineteenth. Um. So, but the Star Wars stuff's kind of been annoying me because. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, but everything they've said in the press releases, it seems as though they're rolling back the steps forward that The Last Jedi made, which makes me think that it's just... So no Porgs? No, I think there's going to be Porgs in it, but you know how The Last Jedi made a really interesting point about, you know, destiny is not destiny. You can choose your own path. These people that you think are powerful and important might not be as powerful and important as you think they are. Maybe the Jedi are wankers. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, things aren't as bad. Maybe wizards are bad people. Yeah, because we've already established that wizards can be bad people. Um, And and all of those are really interesting points to make. And basically, it seems from what J.J. Abrams and John Boyega have been saying recently in interviews, it seems as though they've rolled back some of that. So I imagine that we're probably going to get oh, Ray's parents are actually, like, she's actually a clone of Emperor Palpatine. I mean, that that's what I'm going with. Right. She's definitely got some Palpatine DNA. Because we know he's coming somewhere. back somehow. We know he's coming back, and there's no fucking point in him coming back. Even but if then it's like who a, the fuck was Snoke? Who gives a shit? He's some arsehole who got stabbed. <laughs> that's what was great. That was That's what was absolutely great about The Last Jedi is, oh, I'm a big evil bastard. Oh, you're dead. Too fucking bad. You trusted the wrong person and your plucky young villain fucking ganked you out of nowhere. And that's what was so great about it. But they're blatantly going to roll that Wizard back. Cop they, killed you. They're going to... Wizard Cop did kill him, and rightly so. <laughs> um, but they're, they're blatantly going to roll that back. I imagine that maybe she's some kind of clone of Palpatine 
or they embedded her with some of his DNA and that's how they end up on the planet and there'll be some recording of Palpatine. I don't think they'll bring him back properly because that would just be so stupid. Yeah. Um, but it'll be there in some But it might way. be so stupid that it's good. I don't know. And I and yeah, I don't know. I th- I think all of the there were some very interesting bold decisions made of the last Jedi and it seems as though they listened to that v- vocal minority of fans who were like oh it's a woman and oh luke skywalker's not perfect in every way i can't live my weird fantasies about destiny defining everything i do and bloodlines being the most important thing in the universe it might Um, be so stupid it's good like when in a christmas prince 3 when it cuts to the king of penglia he's fondling this like giant bronze acorn on the christmas tree and just staring at it really lovingly that made me absolutely howl with laughter <laughs> i mean i would love to see that in star wars <laughs> i'm not gonna lie you want it him just, to fondle some acorns it just cuts to oscar isaac just at, at the life day tree um just yeah fondling some space acorns <laughs> space force space force yeah, I'm um, looking forward to the new Space Force movie. Yeah, I, I'm. I've got tickets. I can't remember what day. I think it's the twentieth. Well, cool. We're going um, on the nineteenth. My dad's coming down. Oh, very. It's nice. our tradition. Yeah, so we're still going to see it. Hopefully, before we get any spoilers. Um, Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. You do that, and I'll spoil everything you love for the rest of your life. <laughs> How will you do that? Well, you'll be there. Like when Eric's revealing his GCSE results and I will have got in there just beforehand to find out and I'll be like, hey, Paddy, guess what Eric got? <laughs> you'll have like, you'll have got yourself a job at the exam board just to work, just so you can be ahead of that. <laughs> yeah, just so you can be. He'll be, he'll be there um, giving an acceptance speech uh, for some award and I'll just pop out of nowhere with an air horn and just go <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> I'm playing the long game here, Paddy. You spoil right. Star Wars for me. I will cause you nothing but pain for the rest of your life. <laughs> okay. I'll text you lots of extremely real and definitely true spoilers. A million tiny cuts. That's what's happening. Yeah. A million tiny lightsaber cuts. Um, Sorry, we should talk more about The Christmas Prince, but I yeah. don't really know what else to say. Were you happy? Did you like the scene where the two designers who were back in it for no reason other than that they were in the other one? were at one point sat there looking at a room and going, I think it needs more red. I think it needs more blue. Because that's what like design people do. They they talk about colours, man. That's exactly what they do. I hated the fact that they are in this movie again. I've got nothing against them as characters, and they both played a, a part in the other two movies. But they just felt like they were sitting around doing nothing in this one. Yeah. Um, and the guy, Andy, he just looks like a sort of poor man's version of Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true i wanted him to burst into song and he never did i feel like we could do more with some of the other characters like the um the the female butler woman who's like their advisor yeah yeah because she was a big antagonist previously i feel like we could do more with her she was cool she was there as a sort of motherly presence in this wasn't she yeah and get more princess emily in it but instead you had oh i'm a designer i like colors yeah, things should be stylish. And yeah, gorgeous. we needed a subplot of Princess Emily and that other kid. 
and within the space of a year, it seems as though the economic turmoil of Aldovia has completely turned around. Oh, it's all fine. They're throwing this ridiculous, laffish um, baby shower. Yeah. And the, the king and queen have been pictured cycling. Which is always a sign of great economic importance. <laughs> it was interesting to see them going around the, the city without any security as well. Yeah, definitely. And, what royal, That's what modern royals do, man. And no Can't believe Meghan Markle doesn't do that. Incredibly important um, guests as well. There's just no security around. Yeah, no. But there was an extremely fake trumpet fanfare. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like a Casio keyboard, and I loved it. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe. Yeah. The the best part was how they dealt with all the birth and the pregnancy stuff because it was all really real. Yeah, I was going to say, does that does like that how seem... when um, when she's she's the doctor's like checking all the baby stuff and she goes, um, your oh your your amniotic fluid levels are really good. That's that's a real thing that they say to pregnant women. <laughs> it's a real thing that's measured during pregnancy, and I would know because I had a baby. You are now the baby expert. Yeah. No, but but seriously, that's not a thing. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> amniotic fluid levels. I, I what I love is that things like that are so easy to verify, you know. <laughs> but they just sort of rolled with it. Just just like, why not? Why shite. make it? Why make it actually real and to do with anything to do with the fact that birth is actually extremely stressful and traumatic, but also amazing? You know, why be why be real about that for a second? You know, that's not what you want from this kind of film, is it? That's the thing. All this kind of stuff is really stupid, but I don't begrudge it because. It's a Christmas Prince 3, the royal baby. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, you just want more nonsense. You want it to go further down the sort of Lynchian, uh, like, weird alternative to real life, don't you? You want more yeah. of that, more nonsense. Absolutely. I want more alternative history, more just complete rubbish. That's what it's for. I want. I do not want to see a messy birth. I want her to give birth off screen, still wearing makeup, and for the midwife to come back and just hand the baby to them while she's still in the same outfit. That's that's what I want. Yeah. And to hand them a massive baby that's like <laughs> clearly four months old. <laughs> I do feel as though there there is not enough of that in movies and TV anymore. What, massive babies. Yeah. The babies- have you seen Donald Trump? Oh, lo, 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 lo. Um, yeah, the you. I always remember that there used to be like babies that were genuinely like sixteen-year-olds pretending to be a baby, a newborn baby. Uh, <laughs> when? Like, well, you know, well, obvious exaggeration, but you'd have babies that were like clearly six months old, yeah. being passed off in films as newborn children, and it seems as though they've there's less of that. And I feel like, no, we want more of that nonsense. I mean, look at that baby Yoda. I call him a baby. He's clearly 400 years old. Well, he is, in fact, 50 years old. I'll have oh. you know. Exactly. He's Bullshit. a 50-year-old. He's a boomer. A 50-year-old baby. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute boomer. <laughs> um, baby Yoda thinks it's fine. If you haven't got a job, you should just call up every local business and, and send them your CV. <laughs> no, Baby Yoda's one of the good boomers, definitely. He's oh a, yeah, he's a sweetie. He's he's one of those ones that he knows how to rotate a PDF. When when people are, <laughs> he 
definitely does. He, when people are sort of complaining about boomers on Twitter, he's one of the people that, not in a nagging way, goes, "Don't worry, guys. There's some of us that are all right." Because, like, yeah, actually, I am sorry for my generation. Yeah, he's one of those fellas. He's not. He's not one of the wrong uns. Yeah. Or one of the people that goes, "Not all of us are bad." Yeah. Hashtag not all boomers. Hashtag not all boomers. And then another sentence with like four spaces after the period. <laughs> um, yeah. At I one don't... point, Prince Richard actually says, "Love is blind." Love is blind. Love is blind. I think it's him. Yes, it, it is. It was. Yeah, it definitely was. And that did just make me think of Tommy Wiseau, obviously. End of the film, Love is Blind with Aidan Turner. I'm really pleased that the film Love is Blind exists. Yeah, even though it's terrible. Yeah, every <laughs> so often I th- I've ever seen. Every so often I think of it. Like I think of Pottersville and I'm pleased these movies are there. <laughs> also a bloody awful film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they've left a mark. Yeah. I think that's the important thing, isn't it? Can you can it truly Michael be Michael Shannon bad? always leaves a mark. Can it can it truly be bad if it has left an impression? Yes, it, yes, it can. <laughs> I, mean, I think the yes, history of the films can. that we've watched has proved that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this movie... And you don't I, need to have watched A Christmas Prince 1 or 2 because there's a massive recap at the beginning, which you can skip if you want, but we didn't because I wanted to look back. You wanted to look back at look the back beauty on all the, fun. Of the previous. And that's the thing is like, I'd say you probably still need to watch the first Christmas Prince. Yeah. You don't need to have watched A Christmas Prince 2 Bitcoin Wedding Extravaganza. But you should watch Bitcoin Wedding Extravaganza because it's a fun movie. It is fun. I think you could quite easily have a Christmas Prince marathon. Yeah, absolutely. You could watch all three in a day. Yeah, for sure. A Christmas Um, Prince Day. Yeah, Christmas Prince Day. It is the new name for Christmas Day. Yeah, (laughs) gotta watch them all then. You fit the Queen's speech in between there somewhere. No. No Queen's speech. No. Absolutely not. Have I told you that I don't care for the Queen's speech? I don't don't either. I I very rarely watch it. I I have better things to do with my time. Like playing playing Pokemon. I don't don't want to think about the royalty on Christmas Day. Or eating stuffing. Exactly. Just just stuffing. You don't even have the dinner. Just (laughs) just a plate of stuffing. Well, on Christmas Day, everyone else is tucking into their turkey. You log just, made of stuffing. I'm I'm just there. With, it's the same. It's a Christmas dinner, but everything is made of stuffing. So it's little slices of turkey breast and a little turkey drumstick, but made of stuffing. Roast potatoes made of stuffing. Green beans made of stuffing. Stuffing it's, blended up until a liquid consistency for gravy. Yep, but stuffing itself made out of cranberries. <laughs> So it's just this extremely grey plate, and there's a little, little bit of red, <laughs> a little bit little of red, red balls on there. Yeah. And that, that, that's Christmas <laughs> for me. <laughs> then you get that's you what get Christmas big, means to me. You get a big bowl of stuffing, then you cover it in gasoline and set it on fire. There's your Christmas pudding. <laughs> Real gasoline. Yeah, none of this brandy nonsense. Yeah, nothing you could actually drink. If you if you're a soy boy beta cuck, then you have brandy <laughs> on your Christmas pudding. Real men have gasoline. Yeah, and nothing but stuffing. <laughs> nothing but stuffing and gasoline on my turkeys Christmas for nerds. Yeah, um, do you reckon there's a way we could get this trending with the alt right? What 
the eat stuffing only <laughs> stuffing and gasoline only christmas yeah we just need to send a press release to a couple of their stupid podcasts and then it'll do the rounds <laughs> thing is alex jones got taken off air didn't he so yeah, he's that's... the easiest person to influence with this kind of thing like send him a press release saying oh yeah remember how frogs are gay well now from the people who brought you frogs are gay comes real many only stuffing um, but I mean, there's got to be lots of other mushrooms that have sprung up, even though the giant toadstool's gone. Yeah, I'm sure there are. We need to find them. It's, that'll be a very good use of our time. An excellent use of our time trying to get these people to eat only stuffing and gasoline on Christmas Day. Yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos would probably do it. He's desperate. He is, but... So you don't hear about him much these days, do you? No, you only hear about his massive problems of money. Yeah. What a shame. I'm yeah, sorry, how awful. I feel really sorry for him. I feel very bad, Nero. Yes. Yeah. Was your name on things? <laughs> Before you got banned from everything for being <laughs> one of the worst people ever. Oh, these people are dicks. Yeah. But you know who's not a dick? Rudy Moore. Yeah. I like that he was in it, but he wasn't in it enough. <laughs> yeah. He needed more. He was in two scenes. He I've... appeared on the Skype to be a hilarious Skype dad. Lol. I feel like we need more of him in the next one. We need more of the core cast. Yep. Rudy's big adventure. I want yeah. actually I want him to team up with Princess Emily to solve mysteries. Yeah, I want that. That's should... the film that I want. Netflix. Netflix. We know you're we listening. We know you're listening. John Netflix. <laughs> Jonathan N. Netflix <laughs> is his name. Um Hey guys, seriously, Princess Emily and Rudy spin-off where they solve mysteries in New York. Yeah. Yeah. A Christmas Prince 4, Lost in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Come across a grown-up Kevin McAllister. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be, like, a lot of brick-throwing by Princess Emily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. At Donald Trump as he walks by Trump Tower. Yeah. Get on it, guys. We want this film, and I'm sure that at least five other people do as well. Definitely. You'll say, I, I noticed that uh, the day that I watched this, I don't know if it was the same for you, Netflix now shows you chart positions of some of the stuff. This was number five in the UK the day that I watched it. Oh, very nice. So that's good. I'm glad that it's charting. Yeah. But, you know, we should we should wrap up soon, but what what was so... You know, this is good. You watch this kind of tacky nonsense and it's good and it's fun and it's stupid and enjoyable right but what did this get so right that the night before christmas got so wrong or it just ended up being so boring it was willing to go down the ridiculous route a lot more so the first christmas prince it felt incredibly safe but there was enough goofiness to make it enjoyable this one and the one before what's made them more engaging is the fact that they haven't just repeated that and and that's the that's the problem that a lot of these netflix original movies are falling into is they're all just trying to do the hallmark thing without putting their own spin on it Mm. and and this movie is very good at not just having those schmaltzy moments but as well as that also having these incredibly stupid storylines about other stuff to keep the plot moving along yeah like the treaty getting stolen by the butler and hidden in the dungeon who yeah, would like, think to look in the dungeon? Yeah, no. Why didn't he just burn it? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, like, I'd, and, and that's what separates it. So, whereas Night Before Christmas didn't have any of that stuff, it, 
outside of the main premise it kind of potted along like any old made for tv feel good romantic movie this has things that aren't necessarily good but at least are engaging yeah exactly it's kind of tapping into methods of weird storytelling in a similar way to the room but with a level of competency that doesn't put it over the edge into that so bad it's good category and instead it's just kind of bad but kind of comforting yeah it's cool i like it yes i I enjoyed this more than a christmas prince too yeah i think it is better it's more goofy it's more silly it doesn't take itself too seriously and yeah it knows where it is in the series and it knows how to laugh at itself yeah and that's all the you know the most important things yeah so yeah well done netflix you did it yeah you 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 made a competent movie you did i i enjoyed it this is a good one yeah give us the next one i want to be watching when i'm off work for christmas give us the next one christmas prince 4 introduction of democracy (laughs) but they they still win the election of course because they're so popular and so amazing at their jobs yeah who wouldn't vote for the baby yeah (laughs) the prince it's a double ticket of princess emily and the baby yeah that's what i call a running mate (laughs) even then the baby can't run because it's a baby can't run in any sense of the word <laughs> no <laughs> but maybe they can in Aldavia in the political sense maybe maybe only babies can run yeah <laughs> it's a baby only election <laughs> baby only election it's like boss baby but for politics yeah I mean have you seen our election oh it's all babies yeah all... Boris Johnson is a big baby he hid in a fridge he did hide in a fridge. That's a real thing that happened. <laughs> there's been some incredible things that have happened in this election campaign. It's There's just been so much awful things that, that, that have gone on. Too many to list. Um, the, the Aldovian election would never be like this. And that's the problem, isn't it? That there's so much that you kind of... You can't, can't even keep on. up with the level of scandal. No, it's it's unbelievable. It's a state of permanent scandal, and Donald Trump is the same. This is how he gets by it because it's a state. It becomes a state of permanent scandal, and because it's a permanent state, people accept it. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, we don't want that in the Aldovian elections, please. No, honest elections. Keep it civil, peeps. No, take fridges. a lesson from the the very you know the people of Penglia who seem very safe and sound. Yeah. Do you reckon we'll get a Penglia spin-off? Yeah, absolutely. I'd watch that. Maybe they'll go down that route for Easter or Valentine's Day. They'll yeah. Do, they'll do a Penglia one. Yeah. Oh, would it be Crazy Rich Penglians? Oh, that would be so good. Because <laughs> they're obviously all rich. And that that's the interesting thing, is that everyone seems to be rich enough in Aldovia as well. Yeah, of course. There are no poor people. They don't exist in this universe. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> can we all go live in Aldavia, please? Yeah, I'm up for it. Um, so, have you got anything else to say? No, I, th- I think I've said my piece. It's good. Watch it. It's fun. It's it's Christmas. This is what Christmas is all about. Yes. Christmas is all about fun nonsense. It's all about mysterious treaties. Yeah, mysterious treaties, sorcery, dungeons. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Get on it. <laughs>
Go go watch this movie. So how are we gonna how are we gonna rate this? Uh, let's see. How many days do you have until the treaty between your nation and the neighboring nation expires, and you're in a state of war? So it's it's only eleven days for me. It's running out quick. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. Um, yeah, I th- I enjoyed this movie, but I wouldn't go as far to say that it's a good film. Yeah. But I'm I pleased don't... it's here, and I, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is good. No. It's an important <laughs> distinction, <laughs> it's isn't a it? Very, it's a very big <laughs> distinction. Um, I'll go one higher. I'll give it a 12. Yeah. So yeah. It, if you enjoyed the other Christmas Prince movies, you're probably going to like this one just as yeah. much. If you didn't, you're going to hate it. Yeah, so <laughs> so. Yeah, the, 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 trust your own instincts. Yep. Never give up. Trust your instincts. Um, so, up next, we're going to keep the um, Netflix train rolling. Mm-hmm. There's it's another, a train that never stops. There's another Christmas romantic movie that's come out uh, this, uh, this, this year. You don't um, say. But it seems a little bit different from the other ones that we've watched so far um because it's focused around young'uns yeah it's not um, in a made-up country it is not well it might be in a made-up country i don't know i've not seen it <laughs> <laughs> but um it's uh it's a film called let it snow uh okay um, and it's about a bunch of young people it's directed by the person who's directed wanderlust which is a um, not seen that I don't know if you've seen wanderlust but it's another netflix series um, starring Tony Collette. All right. Um, and yeah, it looked like it would be something a bit different, but it still allows us just to keep on mining Netflix for for gems. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is based on a book that I haven't read. Based on a book. Ah. Oh. But that um, it's written by John Green in collaboration with other people. I've been meaning to read it. But books are for nerds, Paddy. Books are for nerds. I know. I'm a nerd. What, what am I going <laughs> to? <laughs> so I realised that now Macaulay Culkin's going to come around and hit me with a brick. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the new Krampus, isn't it? <laughs> Macaulay Culkin as the new Krampus. Yeah, the new Krampus. That's a is, film I'd watch. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout because otherwise Macaulay Culkin's going to come around and throw a brick at you. <laughs> yeah, this this is definitely the logical evolution of the Austrian Christmas Beast. McAllister is coming to town. Oh no, McAllister is coming to town, and he's got a bag full of bricks. <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not. <laughs> God, cover up your windows. Yeah, Kevin's out, and he's wild. He's like, where does he get all these bricks from? I've never seen so many bricks in one place. He's got enough bricks to build a house, but all he wants to do is throw them at people. Yeah, because that's what the one percenters do. They can only destroy, they cannot create. Oh, I see. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Big, fool. A big, big Christmas metaphor. <laughs> uh, a big Christmas metaphor. That's what I want in my films. There was none of yeah. that in A Christmas Prince 3. <laughs> there was not. Uh, anyway, have you got anything else to say? Uh, no, that's it. I'm done. By the time you read this, you hear this, there will be a new government. So, yeah. Well, maybe there won't be. Who knows? I've got something to say. What's that? 
I love you. Oh, I love you too, man. It's Christmas. <laughs> that's what we it's should. Christmas. That's what we should say. Christmas. Christmas um, is good. Christmas is a time for watching rubbish on Netflix. We're here to celebrate that with you. Yeah. So roll on the next episode. Yeah. Well Bring excited. Us more trash. Yes. Come on. That's what Christmas is all about. And we hope you're enjoying December so far. The Advent. Although not long now until Christmas. It's the 13th tomorrow. So 12, 12 days. On the 12th day of Christmas, 12 days before Christmas, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, five gold rings. 12 McAllisters are throwing. <laughs> yeah, and it's just McAllisters all the way down. <laughs> so, McAllister so you get to five gold rings and then it's Sonic. <laughs> with the new Sonic film, which I'm well excited about. I, yeah. I I I'm I'm gonna watch that. I think I am very gonna watch that. There'll probably be a baby-friendly screening as well, won't there? I hope so. Yeah, you'd have thought. If there isn't, I'm gonna kick up a fuss. You've you force them to. Yeah. Cool. Well, in that case, all that remains is for us to say thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We hope you're enjoying all the Christmas Netflix movies. And we'll be back next week to talk about Let It Snow. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod, on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. Get in touch to let us know you also enjoyed Christmas Prince 3. Yeah, what did you think? And if you had to steal a treaty, where would you hide it? Yeah. Do you have a dungeon? <laughs> if you do, I'd recommend not hiding it there because yeah. it's pretty obvious. <laughs> if you do, get in touch. <laughs> if you've got a dungeon, let, <laughs> let, us, know. let us borrow it. We won't yeah. be up to no good, I promise. Yeah, no, we won't. We'll definitely not use it for hiding treaties in. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even have any treaties. What's a treaty? <laughs> what is a treaty? <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.